Hello, Grand Risings. I'm back. It's me again. I'm I am your hostess. Back to the basics. This is a back to the basics brief. The process of voting. I've noticed throughout the uh, news and from different sources that voter fraud has been talked about on a widespread basis. So, first of all, I hope that everyone is having a good day. And as you, and as some who are watching, I do have a picture up on here that says early voting site. In some states, you know, early voting does take place. Let me take this down off of here. So I was thinking about voting. Of course, the 2000 election did come to mind, but also the 2004 election. over here to the article. Okay, so this article from the Los Angeles Times was written on December 8th, 2004 by Nick Anderson. So here's the title of this article. Activists hold forum spotlighting voting issues in presidential election. So here we go. While President Bush secured his reelection with a 119,000 vote victory in Ohio, voting rights advocates dwelled Thursday on a statistic they said told another story. More than 414,000 calls to national hotlines established to monitor complaints and compile eyewitnesses of observations about the November 2nd vote. Among those calls, according to a new report from the Common Cause Education Fund, were many accounts from Ohio. A woman in Miami County took her registration card to a polling site, the report said, but was forced to use a provisional ballot even though her address was current. Let me just show the state of Ohio by county. So I'm from Ohio. I'm from Columbiana County, which borders Pennsylvania and West Virginia. So Miami County is pretty much, yeah, 
going towards not quite bordering the next state, but close. <laughs> so Miami County is west of Franklin County, where Columbus, our state capital, is. Yeah. So that's where Miami County is located. It's sort of to give people who are watching and listening an idea. Let me get back to the article. So I find that interesting that she was forced to use a provisional ballot, even though her address was current. Um, Provisional ballots will be talked about later in the article. In Franklin County, Again, the county that I just said where, you know, Columbus, Ohio, that, that is the capital of Ohio, of Ohio, Columbus, a man reported being turned away from a polling place because he wore a T-shirt that said vote or die. Wow. So just because someone came to the polling site and their attire may have offended someone, they were turned away. Hmm. Interesting. Such anecdotes fueled a vigorous but mostly one-sided forum on Capitol Hill on Tuesday, spotlighting voting system issues raised in last month's presidential election, four years after an electoral meltdown in Florida led to a bitter standoff that required Supreme Court intervention. Of course, that would be referring to the 2000 presidential election with the whole recount. Common Cause, the Century Foundation, and the, and the Leadership Conference on Civil Rights sponsored the forum. Many people in attendance at the Dirksen Senate office building appeared to be as disappointed by Bush's victory as they were incensed at voting foul-ups. So here, this is just me. I am going to go on a little rant. I would say it's very important that whoever is writing these articles use language that is as neutral as possible because if not one could perceive personal bias creeping in just by the verbiage and the language because it's not about Bush's victory it it was more about hey 
uh, there were people in Ohio during that election, 2004, between um, President Bush and then Senator John Kerry. Moving on. Our system held up remarkably well, said Robert, said Representative Robert W. Nay, Republican Ohio, who helped draft a landmark federal election reform law in 2002. This is not to say the election was perfect. No election ever is. Nay told the forum that Congress will continue to push for improvements in voting systems. We are under no illusions today that our election reform work is finished, he said. White House Press Secretary Scott McClellan said Monday that the presidential voting was, wi was widely perceived as very free and fair. McClellan's assessment came the same day that Ohio's Republican Secretary of State certified Bush's victory by a margin that had shrunk somewhat after provisional and absentee ballots were counted. Let me go back to Press Secretary McClellan's statement. I'm going to read it one more time. White House Press Secretary Scott McClellan said Monday that the presidential voting was widely perceived as very free and fair. First of all, who was perceiving it to be free and fair? This is where I start to ask questions. Back to the article, unofficial returns on election night had Bush winning the state's dis decisive 20 electoral votes by a 136,000 vote margin over Senator John F. Kerry, the Democratic nominee. The final tally, which still is subject to a recount, had Bush up by 118,775 votes or about 2% or about two percentage points. Still, forum sponsors said Tuesday that widespread accounts for frustrated would-be voters showed that much remains to be done to restore confidence in a system shaken by the 2000 Florida recount. Now, I'm going to read this previous sentence again, just for effect. Still, forum sponsors said Tuesday that widespread accounts from frustrated would-be voters showed that much remains to be done to restore confidence in a system shaken by the 2000 Florida recount. In my note, I stated, I perceive that the would-be voters may be people whose votes were not counted and or people turned away or not registered. Now, again, it down through the article, it'll be talking about some practices like people's registration being purged or expunged 
or wiped clear, meaning, oh, yeah, a person was registered, but mm, people may have shown up at the poll and they'd be like, well, you're no longer a registered voter. Well, wait a second. You know, people may have showed up at the poll, no doubt, and found out they were no longer registered. Moving on. It is clear that voters still face problems in getting to vote and have their votes counted, said Wade Henderson, executive director of the Leadership Coalition for Civil Rights, a Washington-based organization comprising more than 180 civil rights and affiliated groups. The Democratic Party, while not contesting Bush's victory, announced this week that it would conduct its own investigation of Ohio voting problems. People from the American Way Foundation, a liberal group critical of Bush, also issued a report on voter disenfranchisement that surveyed 39,000 complaints recorded in, in an electronic database. It was a national disgrace, said Ralph G. Nees, the group's president. Or Nias. I don't I don't mean to uh mispronounce this gentleman's name. Again, this is just my opinion. The author of this uh, article, Mr. Anderson, it appears that he may be showing personal bias because it says a liberal group critical of Bush. First of all, presidents, this is what I've noticed. Presidents get, get, get credit for things that are pretty much not may or may not be in their control. And they also get criticized for things that happen that may or may not be, you know, within their control. For example, gas prices. And or, you know, like, for example, COVID-19. Now, that doesn't mean at a certain point that it, that individual should not be held accountable. But he's the president of the United States. Well, he was, should I say. He's a former president of the United States. So, and a public figure, I mean, criticism or someone exercising dissent or a difference of opinion should be anticipated and expected. Moving on. Drawing a comparison to the uprising that has forced a revote, excuse me, drawing a comparison to the uprising that has forced a revote of a contested presidential election in the Ukraine Nies or Nias said, whether it's in the Ukraine or, or the United States of America, we're going to make sure every vote counts. And that did not happen in 2004. 
The forum touched on concerns about long lines at some urban polling places, error, error riddled voter registration databases and voting machines that critics said failed to include adequate anti-fraud safeguards. That has to be one of the most important sentences in this article. That's why I'm going to read it again. The forum touched on concerns about long lines at some urban polling places, error-riddled voter registration databases, and voting machines that critics said failed to include adequate anti-fraud safeguards. There were also much talk about provisional ballots, which Congress required in the 2002 election law. Such ballots are intended to allow people to cast a vote at a given polling place, even if their election qualifications are unclear. Later, election officials are able to check the validity of the claim and count ballots that pass muster. Now, again, if they don't pass muster, then okay, then then that individual's provisional ballot would not be counted. In Ohio, for instance, Secretary of State J. Kenneth Blackwell said that 153,539 provisional ballots were cast. Of those, according to a state website, 118,734 were deemed valid and added to the election totals. So we see that there is a, discrep a discrepancy of more than 30,000. But voting rights act, act yeah, man, I cannot, got to get it together. But voting right, rights advocates here said Blackwell and election officials elsewhere took steps to hinder provisional voting violating, they said, the spirit of the 2002 law. Let me read that again. But voting rights advocates here, said Blackwell, and, and election officials elsewhere took steps to hinder provisional voting, violating, they said, the spirit of the 2002 law. And here is my personal opinion. I put laws that are on the books need to be enforced first prior to drafting new legislation. So again, okay, there's a law, but then it's not being enforced. So what's the point in drafting new legislation when you already have laws on the books that are not being enforced. In Philadelphia, for example, some voters were sent to police stations to cast provisional ballots. House Minority Whip Stenny H. Hoyer Democratic from Maryland told the forum 
clearly an intimidation, he said. Could you imagine going to the police station to cast a provisional ballot just to vote in in an election? Special shout out to Bishop George Makem, who's over there in Philadelphia. Boots on the ground. Much respect to you. And the plot thickens. Here we go. In suburban areas of Cook County, now this is talking about Illinois, about 5,400 provisional ballots were counted as valid and 5,000 disqualified. According to County Clerk David Orr, a Democrat, Orr said most of the invalid ballots were tossed out because voters were not registered. But nearly 5% were ruled out of order because of name variations, including women who had changed their names after getting married. It's ridiculous, Orr said. So again, because, okay, I show up at the poll and because, okay, I just got married, then, then my vote is thrown out. Okay. Or could be possibly thrown out. Other panelists told of familiar election complaints often occurred in areas with large minority populations, including bogus leaflets and automated phone calls meant to confuse voters about where and when they were supposed to go to the polls. And yes, that is true, because there was a scenario at the time where our uh, poll site used to be a school that is no longer in Columbiana County. But that was a polling site for years before they tore it down. And I remember in one particular election, it's real interesting if if an individual did not show up to their assigned polling site, they could also be turned away. And yes, I'm talking about in Ohio. So if I'm given the wrong information about where to go, as far as, okay, you're in this district, so you go, okay, you have this address, Okay, so your polling booth is blase blase. And then let's say I get incorrect information and I show up at another poll. I may be turned away and most likely will be turned away. Just saying. But I find that interesting how, again, that this is all occurring in areas with large minority populations. So let me scroll back up uh, through the article here. Okay, 
they don't have the picture. Well, there is another article that has a picture of voters standing in line. And it's in uh, Cuyahoga County, which is home to Cleveland, Ohio. And let's just say there is a large <laughs> black population. I'm not even going to use the word minority. And there's really no doubt in my mind that that this these shenanigans occurred in Cuyahoga County. Okay, now we're, we're at the end of the article here. Here we go. Some participants reported progress in the use of new voting systems. Nevada Secretary of State Dean Heller praised a new computerized voting system that produced a paper trail so auditors could verify the outcome. And David Jefferson, a computer scientist who advises California elections, elections officials on voting systems, said that that trials of new touchscreen voting systems in the state called parallel tests had turned up no evidence of suspicious software irregularities. Now, first of all, here's my counter argument to that. Nothing new is perfect, especially with software. For example, our smartphones. Software patches or upgrades aid in fixing bugs and glitches. I mean, if everything was perfect, particularly, now mind you, particularly on new, he said the trials of new touchscreen voting systems. And again, this article, December 2004, The country, we were just transitioning from the hanging chads, as they called them, back after the, the 2000 election that, unfortunately, I couldn't vote and I wasn't old enough. I was 14, but we were just transitioning from the paper ballots to electronic and, the, and this person has the nerve to say, oh, there's no evidence of suspicious software irregularities. Well, that's not true. That can't be true. That's just rhetoric to fit the, uh, to, uh, fit the narrative. Now, I'm going to read this last sentence. This is the kind of testing that has to be made a permanent part of our testing protocols for voting systems, Jefferson told the forum. Now, this person is, again, a computer, uh, yeah, a, a, a computer scientist. So, of course, all this ha it has to be permanent. We can't, we can't go back to paper ballots. And that's, yeah, that is the end of the article.
Shout out to the LA Times, you know, for the offer, for even writing material highlighting the voting issues that occurred in the 2004 presidential election. That was the first election that I was able to vote in. That's why it's it's a it's a memorable it's a memorable one to me because I was I had just turned 18 earlier that year. So why did I choose this particular article? Because some people bank on us forgetting. It has only been about 20 years, two decades since the 2000 election. And it's been about 16 for the 2004 one. Now, I can only speak for Ohio. I know that we've been doing the 28 early voter, like early voting for a minute now. So I can't speak for the other states. But I know in Ohio, that's that's what we have. And I also wanted to highlight this article because, again, certain individuals have been talking strong about voter fraud, particularly with, you know, mail-in voting and all this other stuff. And y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about none other than President Donald Trump or POTUS. As some as some would call as some would call him. And, and, and that and this is why I chose this article to 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 show you, first of all, to remind you all, because, hey. For the people who are in Ohio, y'all know what I'm talking about is true. There is a lot of shenanigans going on with those new computerized voting machines in 2004. Could this narrative of voter fraud via mail be just another way to hinder Voting. Especially for people who may vote for the opposition. For the Democratic ticket who may. Me personally, I'm a registered independent. I think both of y'all on both sides are eight up. 
That's just my particular opinion. None of my statements are endorsed by the United States Army, Department of Defense, and or any other military branch, element, or government entity. I say again, none of my statements are endorsed by the United States Army, Department of Defense, and or any other military branch element or government entity. I am your hostess back to the basics. I thank you for watching and or listening to the broadcast or podcast. Didn't want to be here before you long, but I, I like to, I like to think and I like to look at both sides to include the fence. And of course, I'm going to encourage everyone out here who is listening or watching to think for yourself. This isn't about agreeing with me or disagreeing. It really doesn't matter. Think for yourself. The Most High be with you. I love you as a sister. The Most High be with you to lead, guide, and protect your footsteps. I'm gone.